making decisions based on emotions or making decisions based on God's Word. And so we just want to look at me, myself, and I. And sometimes we use that expression. You may have heard it. You may have used it or heard it around you that uh, I'm just taking care of me, myself, and I today. Us three are going to be in this together, me, myself, and I. And so we do that, me, myself, and I, when we're making decisions, decisions and decisions every single day. Sometimes we make decisions on what we think. Well, here's what I think about it. Here's what I think you ought to do. Here's what I think I ought to do. Here's my thoughts on that subject. You know, you find people, and we do that a lot of times, well, here's what I think about that, whatever that is. And we make a decision based on simply what we think. Or sometimes we make decisions on feelings. Well, I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like doing that. Here's what I feel like doing. Here's what I feel like saying. Here's my feelings about that, whatever that is. And we make decisions then based on our feelings. Or we make our decisions based on our desires. Here's what I want. Here's what I desire. Here's what I'm going to get. Here's what I must have. And all those kind of things, we make decisions based on our desires, what we want. Or simply our beliefs. Well, here's what I believe about that. Here's what I've always believed about this. Well, here's what I was taught as a little child. My mom, mom always said this. My daddy always said that, so that's what I believe. And we go on and make decisions based on what we believe. And so the problem with making decisions based on what we think, feel, desire, or believe is that those can change rapidly. Haven't you ever seen your emotions change at the blink of an eye? You know, everything's going along just fine, rolling right along through the day. Everything's good. You're in a good mood. But then all of a sudden, something happens. Somebody, somebody said something. Somebody did something. Phone call, text, whatever it may be. And now totally, we're not in a good mood anymore. And we often make decisions based on those moods and those feelings. And then it changes. And we look back on it and say, why did I decide to do that? Why did I decide to go there? And all those kind of things. So that's why we have to make sure we're making decisions based on God's thoughts. God says in His Word that my thoughts are not your thoughts. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And so what does God say about what we're thinking about? What are His thoughts on it? Do we always check with Him before we make a decision based on our thought? What about His ways? God again says, my ways are higher than your ways. And so are we making decisions based on His ways, the ways He would do things, or simply on our feelings? What about God's will? What does God want? How does God want me to go? What are His desires about this? Or His Word, what does God say in His Word as opposed to what I believe He says even in His Word? And so there we are making decisions every single day. How are we making our decisions? Our thoughts, feelings, desires, and beliefs are what God thinks His ways, His will, and His Word. So we come to chapter 12 of Genesis today, and uh, we look at a couple by the name of uh, Abram and Sarai, uh, before his name is changed to Abraham, and her name is changed to Sarah. And so in chapter 12, uh, you remember the story maybe that God called Abram to leave his father's household, leave his people, leave his land, go to a place I will show you. He said, I'll make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those that bless you, and whoever curses you will be cursed. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you, Abram. Just come and follow me. Let me take you to a land I'll show you. And sure enough, Abram just jumps up. And I mean, he takes off and goes where God wants him to go. And the next verse says, and he arrived there. And so he was obedient to God, doing what God wanted him to do. Well, we go down then to verse 10 in chapter 12 and says, Now there was a famine in the land. Once he got to the land God wanted him to get to, 
a famine came. You know a famine, there's drought and there's heat and the crops aren't growing. Nobody can eat. And so what does he do? Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. He told all those who were with him, hey, we got to go find some food. we got to go find something for our animals. We're going down to Egypt for a while. Famine severe. It's not a famine in Egypt, so let's pack up and go. So they went. As he's about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know that you're, I know what a beautiful woman you are. What a great line, isn't it? You're a beautiful woman. Do you know how old she was at this time? 65. And he's saying to his wife, you're a beautiful woman. I just turned 65 a couple of weeks ago. Just saying. Uh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway, he said to her, you're a beautiful woman. I know what a beautiful woman you are. So here's the deal, Sarai. When the Egyptians see you, they see how beautiful you are. They'll say, this is his wife. And then they'll kill me or let you live. See our first word in the title? Me. I'm worried about me now, Sarai. They'll kill me because you're so beautiful. Because they'll want you to be their wife and not my wife. And so they're going to kill me. So we got a problem here, Sarai. So here's what you need to do. Say you're my sister so that I'll be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of, my, because of you. See, myself now, my life will be spared. You hold the cards in your hands, Sarah. And so here we see me, here we see myself, and here we see I will be treated well for your sake because you're going to tell them I'm a, you're my sister because here's the deal. Normally in a situation where a woman is going to get married, the father would negotiate the marriage details with the groom-to-be parents. So the parents of the bride get together and the parents of the groom to get together and they, they negotiate the marriage, negotiate the deal, how much are we going to get for this and how much are we going to get for that and they're negotiating the, the price for the wife. Well, the father wasn't with Sarai but Abram, if he's the brother, he's the next in line to negotiate the deal for somebody getting married like his sister. So he's reasoning in this thing that if somebody wants you to be their wife, I'll be able to negotiate as your brother, and we'll work this thing out where we're going to be okay in this. But you need to tell people you're my sister and not my wife. You say, well, what a strange thing to do. Why would they even do this? Well, let's skip ahead. This isn't the first time they did that. Well, I mean, this is the first time they did that, but not the last time. Because as we skip on down to chapter 20 of Genesis... We find that after the <clears throat> famine is over and they come back to the promised land, the land of Israel, where they had gone to in the first place, they set up camp, set up housekeeping, the years go by, and then they encounter this. There's a man there by the name of Abimelech. He's the king of the Philistines where they're living, and they're staying there, and he's telling uh, Sarah again, uh, for they say in Gerir, there Abraham said to Sarah, this is my sister, Then Abimelech, the king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, You're as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She's a married woman. They'd already told Abimelech, She's my sister. And now God comes to Abimelech in a dream and says, Hold on, Abimelech. (laughs) She's a married woman. Now Abimelech had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? I didn't know about this. 
I didn't, I'm innocent in this. I didn't realize she's married. Did he, Abraham, did he not say to me, she's my sister? And didn't she also say, he is my brother? I've done this with a clear conscience and clean hands. He said, I am innocent of this, and uh, I didn't know anything about this. They both told me, she's my sister, he's my brother. So here we find then, verse 9, moving along with it. Then Abimelech called Abraham in and said, what, what have you done to us? Why did you do this? How have I wronged you so that you have brought such a great guilt upon me and my kingdom? We're guilty of wrongdoing here because you said she's your sister. I found out in a dream last night from God that God said, she's not your sister, she's your wife. You've done things to me that shouldn't be done. You deceived me, Abraham. You misled me, Abraham. And Abimelech asked Abraham, what is your reason for doing this? Why would you do this? Give me a good, solid reason, Abraham, that you would tell people, especially me, the king, that she's your sister. When I found out last night from God, she's your wife. Why would you do it, Abraham? Well, Abraham replied, I said to myself, here we go again, you see, me, myself, and I, I said to myself, there's surely no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. He said, I reasoned it out of my mind. I said to myself, I thought about this. I had my desires here that if they're not godly people and they do ungodly things, they're going to kill me because of Sarah. And besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, though not of my mother, and she became my wife. She really was his sister. Now, half-sister, if you know the difference in half-sister and full-blood sister, half-sister meant, as he says, we both have the same father, we just have different mothers. So she's technically, yes, my sister, I didn't lie, she's my half-sister, but she became my wife. I was just using that thing about her being my sister to get out of me being killed. I reasoned it out, I myself thought about all this. And so, you see, they came from the land of Ur, but in the land of Ur was a province called Ark, Kansas. <laughs> and so in Ark, Kansas, these kind of things happened, you see. And so. <laughs> and so. That's <laughs> for your benefit. And so, therefore, he said, we weren't really lying about this. But wait a minute, we back it up, we go even further here. They had this whole thing all figured out. And when God had me wander from my father's household, wait a minute, Abraham, wander from your father's household? Wandering sounds like you didn't know where you're going. Yet God came to him in the land of Ur when they were living in that province of Arkansas, where he had married his sister, and said in his father's household, I, I, we just started wandering, just kind of finding God, trying to find where God was. Before we ever left, I said to her, this is how you can show your love for me. Me, myself, and I. Here's how you, you want to, I want to see how much you love me. I'll find out how much you love me because everywhere we go, say to me, say of me, he's my brother. They had the whole thing set up. Before they ever left the land of Ur in the province of Arkansas, set it all up. Wherever we go, you tell people I'm your brother and I'll tell people you're my sister and everything will be fine. So they traveled the 1,200 miles to Israel. They traveled down to Egypt. They come back to Israel. And this whole time, the whole time, 
Everywhere they go, they're telling people, us, my brother, us, my sister. Why? Because of me, myself, and I. Then Abimelech brought sheep and cattle, male and female slaves, and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah, his wife, to him. He got convicted by God about all this. Abraham and Sarah didn't, but he did. And Abimelech said, my land is before you. Live wherever you like. Just get out of here. <laughs> just, you know, take your wife and go. Here's some stuff to keep you going, and y'all just leave. So here he was, following God, doing what God wanted him to do, but making decisions based on emotions. What emotions was he basing his decisions on? Uh, if you were here over the last two weeks, you should have gotten a... Uh, list of emotions, attitudes, and thoughts. And on the back of it was emotional pain words. And if you didn't get one, there's some here and somebody can bring them to you. But I was looking through the pain words. There's one in here called fear. There's one in here called anxious. There's one in here called bewildered. There's things in here where Abraham and Sarah were making decisions based on fear and other words too. Because... Me, myself, and I. See, they began to reason it out, think it out, think it through, and say, one of us is going to die, meaning me, Abraham, and you're going to become somebody else's husband unless we tell them we're brother and sister. See, the reasoning of this thing out in their mind, they begin to think, why were they doing this? Because of fear. Where's the trust in God? See how many times we make decisions based on fear? We think about what might happen, what could happen, what's possibilities out there. I'm not sure where this is going. I'm not sure how it's going to end. I don't know what's going to be the end result of all these things that are coming up. I need to make a decision based on fear because I don't know what's going to happen. And we reason it out and God says, step out on faith and follow me and trust me. And we say, I might fall. I need to figure this whole thing out by myself, you see. See how that works for us? There we are trying to make a decision based on our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, and our beliefs, but we bring fear in there with it. And now, well, here's what I think is going to happen. I'm afraid of what may happen. I'm just feeling fear right now. My desires are doing what I need to do is right, but <laughs> I'm afraid. And I just believe that if I make a decision based on truth and fact... I don't know if it's going to work out. See how that works in our life? Do we ever make decisions based on fear, just like they did? Well, the bad thing is, they did it twice. And the years go by, and they had a son. Abraham and Sarah had a son named Isaac. And Isaac married a woman by the name of Rebecca. Now, Isaac didn't marry his sister like his daddy did. <laughs> he married his cousin. He too went from Israel back to Ark, Kansas, and married his cousin. See, Rebecca's grandfather and Abraham, Isaac's daddy, were brothers. And so there they were, married. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1. Now there was a famine in the land, again, just like Abraham and Sarah, besides the earlier famine of Abraham's time, the one we read about a while ago. And Isaac went to Abimelech, same king, Abimelech, 
Philistine, same Philistine, same Gerar, same place, same situation. But years have gone by, and there he is Isaac and his wife Rebekah. And he said, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land where I tell you. So rather than them going down to Egypt like mom and daddy did, they're just going to stay in the land of Abimelech's land here in Gerar and live out the famine. God said, stay in this land for a while and I'll be with you and I will bless you. I will be with you, Isaac, Rebekah, just follow me, just trust me, just hang in there with me. For to you and your descendants, I'll give you all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your, for, to your father Abraham. Isaac, just follow me, trust me, believe in me, have faith in me. I'm going to bless you, but you need to be obedient to me. Got it? Got it. I'll make your descendants as numerous as stars in the sky and give you all these things, these lands, and through your offspring all nations and on earth will be blessed. Isaac, not only will I bless you and your family, but your descendants to come. You're going to have descendants as numerous as the stars of the sky. Just follow me, be obedient to me, have faith in me, because Abraham obeyed me, kept my requirements, my commands and decrees and my laws. So Isaac said, okay, I can do that. I can trust God. I can follow God. I can believe in God. I want the blessings of God. I'll do what you want me to do, God. I'll stay right here during this famine. Got you. Well, hold on. <laughs> when the men of that place asked him about his wife, Rebecca, he said, she's my sister. Where did that come from? Mom and daddy. Do you see how we influence children? Either good or bad. Children are watching parents, whether they're two or 22. Parent, children are watching their parents. And they're learning how to live, and they're learning how to act, and they're learning how to interact, and they're learning how to trust God or not trust God. They're learning how to do all things based on how mom and daddy act. And if mom and daddy are following God, doing what God wants them to do, and being obedient to God, and showing them the way, they're going to grow up learning to do just like that. But if mom and dad are not living for God, not doing what God wants them to do, being disobedient to God, doing what the world wants to do, they're going to be influencing their children to do the same thing. And so we can teach our children to make decisions based on our thoughts. Because as children are watching their parents as they're growing up from young age, and the parents are saying, well, here's what I think about that. Here's my opinion on that. Here's what I, you know, and the children sit around and say, oh, I see how this works. Well, mom, dad, here's what I think. We didn't ask you, did we? Here's how I feel about that. Here's mom and dad making decisions based on feelings. I don't feel like this. I don't feel like that. I don't want to do that. I feel like doing this. Then they're watching. Hey, I don't feel like going to school today. Where'd that come from? Desires. Here's what I want. Here's what I'm going to get. And, and here's what I want. They're learning, you see. They're, they're believing. But if the parents are teaching them, here's what God says, here's God's thoughts, God's ways, God's will, God's word, the children are learning to do that too. They're being influenced by that. Now, we all have our own mind. We all have our own ways. We all have our own thoughts. And it's not a 100% guarantee that they're going to be influenced to base their decisions on feelings like parents did. won't be a 100% guarantee of the base their decisions based on the way the parents did with God. It can go either way. But the influence is there. Do you see that 
if you're still growing up at home now, how that works. Or if you're all grown up, do you see how that worked in your life growing up? I'll never forget it. <laughs> As a young child, six and seven and long in there, my mama would load us up every Sunday morning, dress us up, bathe us up, get us ready, off to church we'd go. And every Sunday morning, Daddy stayed at home. Talking about my daddy. And so every Sunday morning, here we go. Same thing every Sunday, every Sunday, every Sunday. Well, along in that time, uh, I'm really getting interested in guns and shooting and all that sort of thing. So me and Daddy going out shooting all the time and, you know, doing this sort of thing. I really got interested in handguns, pistols, and just love shooting pistols and just having a great time every time we go shooting. And so one Sunday morning, as we're getting ready to go to church, Daddy was in there cleaning some of the guns in the, in the den area. And I'm looking, I'm seeing him cleaning guns. And I'm reasoning out. He's fixing to go shooting. I'm fixing to go to church. This ain't working for me. And so I went and told Mom, I said, I'm not going to church today. Now I'm only about seven. And so just think about it, parents. You know, your seven-year-old comes and says, Mom, I'm not. You know, whatever, fill in the blank. And you said, you're what? You know, ever how you handle it, mamas or daddies. And so I told her, I'm not going to church today. Why not? Well, daddy's not going. Wow. <laughs> so mama goes in there to daddy, leading me by the hand. <laughs> and she said, I, I remember it, it's right up here. <laughs> Larry says, he's not going to church today. You want to know why? Cleaning guns. No, why? He said, because you're not going. So here's the reasoning that came out of that. If you'll go to church today, we'll go shooting this afternoon. I said, let's get in the car, Mama. <laughs> we hiked it out of there. We went to church because I was bribed to go shooting that afternoon, you see. Didn't mean Daddy went next week or the next or the next either. You see how that works? So then as I grow up, I go to church. Wasn't good enough for Daddy. Not good enough for me either. Do you see how that works? The influences we get in our lives, whether it's good or bad or ugly sometimes, that's what happens in our life. Well, here it happened with them. Here it happened with Isaac. And so there he is. There's famine in the land. Uh, stay in the land. Your sentence will be numerous. Because of this, he obeyed. And so then when they come and ask about all this, well, she's my sister. Where did he hear that? Mom and Daddy. Because he was afraid. He was afraid to say she's my wife. See the fear? The influence of the fear. Start out with Abraham and Sarah, so now the fear is coming down on Isaac and Rebekah. We're afraid to do what God wants to do because we don't know how it's going to work out. We're not sure this is going to be like it's, God said it's going to be. So I've got to kind of step back, stand back, make decisions based on my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions, because I'm not sure God will come through for me. And so rather than walking on faith, I'm walking on fear. And that's how many times we do with our decision-making. He said, the men of this place might kill me on account of Rebecca. Here we go again, because she's beautiful. And so there's me, myself, and I. They may kill you, Rebecca, because you're beautiful. They may kill you, Sarah, because you're beautiful. And so me, myself, and I has got to do something about it. Rather than follow God, be obedient to God, let God handle it, let God work it out, make a decision based on what He says, here's what I'm thinking we ought to do. Well, 
when Isaac had been there a long time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from a window and saw Isaac caressing his wife, Rebekah. It's kind of like what Mike's doing to Debbie right now. You see his arm around her? Can you see his hand where his hand is on her shoulder? Just touching her, being affectionate. And so that's kind of what was happening that day. Abimelech's up in his balcony looking down, looking around, and says, look over there. Isaac's caressing his wife. No big deal. Hmm? So Abimelech summoned Isaac and said, she really your wife? You wouldn't be touching your sister like that, would you? Even though there's Mike's sister right here. (laughs) She's really your wife. So why did you say, Isaac, she's your sister? Why would you do that? Why would you lie to me? And Isaac answered, here we go. Because I thought I might lose my life on account of her because she's beautiful. Me, myself, and I. See how many decisions we make based on me, myself, and I? We have a majority then, don't we? We've got a rule of three. (laughs) The three of us made a big decision, and so we overrule anybody else within me because me, myself, and I made that decision. He did it. His daddy did it. How often do we do it? Me, myself, and I decided this. I thought I might lose her on account of her being so beautiful. So let's go back where we left off a long time ago, back in chapter 12. Well, when Abram came to Egypt, they had it all set up. She's my sister. Ever Before they ever left the land of Ur in the province of Ark, Kansas, and they had it all set up. The Egyptians saw that she was a beautiful woman, just like, just like uh, Abram said. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to think you're beautiful. I know you're 65 years old and you're beautiful. I know about being 65 and beautiful. And when the Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake and Abram acquired sheep, cattle, male and female, donkeys, men servants, maid servants, camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, wife Sarah. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? Just like Abimelech a while ago with Isaac. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you lie to me? Why did you say she's my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here's your wife. (laughs) Take her and go. Y'all get out of here. You're trying to bring some kind of curse on me or something. I mean, why would you do that, Abram? And Pharaoh gave orders about Abram to his men. They sent him his way and his wife and everything he had. They got out of there. You see how all this works? <laughs> we get afraid. I don't know how this is going to work out. We get afraid. I don't know what's going to come of this. We get afraid. I'm not sure the end results. So I need to come up with a good answer, a good decision, a good plot, a good plan in my life, in my thoughts, my ways, my desires, because me, myself, and I, something could happen. And rather than walking in faith, we walk in fear. Well, what does God say? We did do a song a while ago, Less Like Me. Jesus said, then He said to them all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Deny self. Me, myself, and I can become a majority. And we say to God, no, 
I'm going to do it this way, God, not your way. I made a decision here, God, because I'm just not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure I can trust you. I'm not sure you're going to come through for me. I'm not sure I can have faith in you. And I'm going to figure this thing out on my own. And me, myself, and I came to this conclusion. And yet Jesus comes along and says, we got to deny self. Because if we don't deny self, self's going to rise up and say, hey, let's do this. Hey, let's go there. Hey, let's think this way. Hey, let's act that way. Let's have this attitude. And me, myself, and I come to that conclusion. We got it. And Jesus says, no. Mm-mm. You want to come after me? You want to follow me? You want to be one of my disciples that says, hey, come on, follow me, Jesus says. Yeah, I'm following you, Jesus. He says, here's what you got to do first. Deny self. Not do what I want to do, but do what he wants me to do. Not think like I want to think, but think the way he wants me to think. Not believe what I want to believe, but believe what he says. Follow him instead of me. Deny self and take up my cross daily. That is doing God's will. Living God's ways. Taking up my cross being obedient to God daily, daily. How often is daily? Every day. Every day. Daily. Not just on a Sunday. Not just on a mm, Friday afternoon. Not just on a mm, Saturday morning. But every single day. I'm taking up my cross. I'm doing life God's way, not my way. And then I'm just following Jesus. He makes it real simple, you see. Christianity is very, very simple. Deny self, not listen to me, myself, and I. Take up my cross daily, every single day. I'm doing God's will, living His way every single day. And I'm just following Jesus. Where are we going today? You just follow me. Well, we, why are we turning this way, Jesus? Just follow me. Well, I, I wanted to go that way. Just follow me. I wanted to think like this. Just follow. You see how that works? We're doing it His way, not our way. We're just following. We're just walking in faith. And in Hebrews says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Isn't that a great verse? Being content with what we have. Not just say, I want more, I want more, I want more, I want this, I want that. Here's what I think, here's what I feel, here's what I desire. God says, just be content with what you have. Because here's the deal. If you'll be content with what you have, I'm never going to leave you. And I'm never going to forsake you. I'm never going to walk away from you. I'm never going to leave you behind. I'm going to be right there with you. So we say with confidence. Do you know about confidence, that word? Is that a good word? Y'all know about confidence? If you got confidence, what do you got? Trust. Trust. Right now, you have confidence in the place you're sitting that's going to hold you up. Right? You're confident where you're sitting is going to hold you up until you get ready to leave. Uh, you're not afraid it's going to tear up, break down, fall apart. You fall on the floor and fall on your face and, uh, you know, get hurt. You have confidence in where you're sitting. God says, we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I'll not be afraid. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Abram and Sarah, Isaac and Rebekah. The Lord is your helper. You not be afraid. You don't have to make a decision based on me, myself, and I. You can make a decision based on faith, denying self, taking up the cross daily and following Jesus. Then we realize God's not going to forsake me. There's nothing for me to be afraid of. God's going to help me to get through whatever it is I'm going through. So therefore, the final question is, what can man do to me? What can others do to me if I'm trusting God? If I'm following Him, if I'm denying self, 
What can anybody do to me? I'm doing it God's way, not my way. I'm doing it God's way, not the world's way. What can people do to me? So, we're making decisions based on me, myself, and I, or are we following Jesus? What are we doing today? How, how's it working in our life? How many decisions do we make based on what me, myself, and I came up with, a majority, as opposed to following Jesus? Now, Jesus, you want me to go and do that? Hold on, wait a minute, let me think about this. Jesus, me, myself, and I determined something else. Here's what we want to do. See how it goes in our life? Or are we living by fear or living by faith? I'm afraid, Jesus, I, I don't think I can do that. I just don't think I can do that. For two years of my life during uh, while I was teaching school, for two years, I lived by fear. Because for two years, God was saying, come, come in the ministry. Nope, I'm going to do it. Come in the ministry. No, nope. I've been in school and got two degrees and, and I'm going to teach school and one day be a principal. Come be in the ministry. I'm coaching. I'm teaching. I don't want to do that. Come and be in. Two years, we argued about this back and forth. Me and God did. Finally, one day, he convinced me. And one of these days, I'm going to share part B of my testimony. I was living in fear. What if I step out there and do that and I don't make it? I need to stay right where I am, God. Oh, you want to stay where you're miserable? <laughs> well, no, not that. Or do we live by faith? We make decisions so many times based on fear. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't know how it's going to work out. Or do we live and make decisions based on worry or based on trust? See, if we're worrying about something, we're not trusting God about it. If we're trusting God with it, we're not worrying about it. It's either one or the other. <laughs> if we want to worry, okay, we can worry, and we just give trust away. If we're trusting, we're not going to be worrying about it. Which is going to be? And so there's where faith comes in. There's where following God comes in. But if we're worrying about something, we've got a fear going on, you see. We're making a decision based on something to do with fear. And our emotions and our feelings and our thoughts are making the decision rather than on the Word of God and the will of God and the ways of God. So, finally, will we make decisions from what we think, feel, desire, and believe? Or this week, will we make decisions based on God's thoughts, God's ways, God's will, and God's Word? What's it going to be? See, it starts with having the Holy Spirit living in us. And to get the Holy Spirit to live in us, we have to invite the Holy Spirit to live in us. In order to invite the Holy Spirit to live in us, what we have to do is turn away from sin, repent. Turn from sin, I'm going in this direction away from God, but I'm going to turn around and go toward God and leave my life there behind me. And so I go toward God, and I'm following Him. I'm denying self, taking up my cross daily and following Him. And Holy Spirit comes to live in me because I've repented of my sins, turned to God, said, Lord, save me. I know I'm lost, going in the wrong direction. I need to be saved. I want to go into your kingdom, go towards you. And He does. He saves us, forgives us, but gives us the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit lives in here and He becomes our guide. He becomes our teacher, as the Bible says. And all those decisions we've got to make every single day, Holy Spirit's right there to guide us. Holy Spirit's right there to teach us. Holy Spirit's right there to show us the right things we need to do and the right way to do it and come up with the right decisions not on what we think feel believe but on what god says through the holy spirit living in us and we make those right decisions every single time which way are we going it starts with being saved being born again and then listening and following god the rest of the way what do we need to do today